Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon, where we bring you success stories from business leaders and owners about their triumphs and growth in the Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas community. You'll hear about how Bentonville has been the backdrop for incredible growth, not only for businesses and their employees, but in their personal lives as well. Tune in, subscribe, and enjoy hearing about Bentonville, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon podcast, where we are sharing stories and advice from the leaders and businesses sparking the rise of Bentonville, one of the fastest growing and most dynamic cities in the United States, nestled in the Ozark Mountains of Northwest Arkansas and the heartland of America. Today, I'm your host, Allie Johnston, and I'm James's intern for economic development through the University of Arkansas's Venture Intern Program, which matches undergraduate students from the University of Arkansas with startups, entrepreneurship support organizations, and investor networks for semester-long internships. So I will be interviewing your usual host, James Bell, today. James is the Vice President for Economic Development at the Greater Bentonville Area Chamber of Commerce and your host of the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. James, welcome to your show. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Allie. Um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. It feels a little weird to sit on this side (laughs) of the the table. I'm sure. So first, I'm sure listeners are wondering why I'm interviewing you today. So James, how did you get connected with the Venture Intern Program? How long have you been participating in it? And what has it been like for you? Yeah, well, first, let me say it's been a real blessing having you as my venture uh, intern. You've helped me, you know, everything that you're doing in this role makes an immediate impact as well as a longer term uh, impact, which, of course, is something that I promised you coming in. But, but you really have helped me uh, this semester move along some projects that maybe wouldn't have moved along without you. Thank uh, you. So answering your question. So uh, the way I got connected to this program is I'm not really sure who I heard about it from first. I spent a lot of time around the startup and entrepreneurial uh, ecosystem here in uh, Northwest Arkansas. And so whoever told me about it first, I I remember hearing several people talk about they had venture interns, how amazing they were, they're the cream of the crop. You go down the list. I knew I had to be in on that game too. So you're the third venture intern that Bentonville Economic Development has had. The first two, I think we've talked about this, the first two had uh, kind of major projects that they worked on. This time around, I needed somebody who could help me lean more into this podcast and do some work around it. You've done some amazing work backgrounding, even writing some questions. And also, I needed help thinking through what a reinvigorated economic development website might look like and some other work that we'll be turning uh, your attention to over the rest of the semester. Uh, It'll look like things like venture scouting, for example, in the med tech, health tech, space. And then my experience with the program, you know, first being able to have help from really high quality students. I'm I'm really impressed. Each semester, it's been really difficult to select that person. And and fortunately, each time I've gotten the person who I wanted, but but even if I would have had to have second or third, I think it would have been fine. I'm glad I have you though. (laughs) (laughs) Let me be clear. It gives me a lot of happiness and pride, not only in my work, but what the University of Arkansas is doing, that we're able to bring to students these high quality, real life experiences, working on real things. And so, you know, the opportunity to do that just brings me a lot of uh, pride and I'm really grateful to to have you here. 
Yeah, thank you. To go off of that, this is my first semester in the VIP program, and I've learned a lot of new skills and been able to network with so many different people, so I would definitely recommend it to other students considering. Now we can switch gears and learn a little bit more about you. So James, what should our audience know about you? Oh gosh, I had to make myself a few notes. This is kind of a big question. Get ready. I'm going to take you on a a winding road and I'm probably going to violate my long answer rule, but I'll guarantee you, Andy Martin, if you're listening, I am not going to go longer than you did. So I didn't grow up particularly well off. I mean, we weren't starving, but we were definitely, we were almost certainly growing up, uh, I'll call it lower middle class. You know, there were some particularly tough times financially and, and personally along the way. But today, very importantly, I'm a dad and I'm a husband and I've been married for uh, closing on four years to my, my beautiful bride and partner in life, Hadia. And we have an incredible son who's almost three, Joseph, and I, I couldn't be more blessed. I'd say arguably my work history started when I was really young. My dad had a landscape and lawn care business and figured out when I was eight years old, I could, I was upright and I could dig holes and push mowers and and stuff. And so he figured out I could work before school, after school and on the weekends (laughs) and that I could get in a solid 35 hours a week. So I've had a full-time job since I was eight. From a professional perspective, depending on how you count it, you could argue I've probably had six to 12 careers or types of jobs I never planned to do that, but what I did plan along the way was what my next step would be. And I almost never got to the next step because preparing for that next step led me to forks in the road and opportunities I never thought I'd have or never dreamed of having, and they were always something better. So that was pretty cool. So I've worked for companies as short as six months, as long as 10 and a half years. And it's that latter ride that I'll say was really absolutely wild because it it was 10 and a half years, six job titles, five company names, four cities, three states, and two severances later, I finally took the hint and and left. No, but in that time, we grew up from a $400 million mid-cap company to a $98 billion global 200 company, which was unbelievable. And I learned so much from that ride, good and bad. And those experiences and learnings from those roles and the ones that followed are very much part of professionally who I am and in many ways, personally, who I am. And so I think you could break down those careers this way. The first one will start with uh, military, which kind of ran concurrently with civilian careers because I, I was I didn't spend time active duty. So I spent eight years in the Naval Reserve, in the, Navy, in the U.S. Navy Reserve as a hospital corpsman. I was out for uh, 13 years and joined the Army National Guard for a few years. And there, um, I was an automated logistics sergeant, whatever that means. (laughs) Um, You know, I also had the opportunity in that time to go through officer candidate school at, I'll call it, an advanced age for somebody doing something like that. And while I didn't make it all the way through, I guess I do have, you know, there were 65 of us that started, 65 candidates. There were 10 left when (laughs) I got to go home and seven graduated. So it was a painful experience, but I definitely would not trade that uh, experience away. So I started off my professional career in medical devices. Uh, I've done everything from, I had to make myself a note here, uh, notes on this one because keeping up with it was, (laughs) uh, I started off as a bench tech repair in medical equipment, eventually worked in field service, service management as a sales rep, sales management, cross-divisional management, and and some other roles. But at one point I decided you know, when I was selling that I was tired of selling to doctors and wanted to become one. (laughs) 
Now, the listeners may know there's no MD after my name, <laughs> so we know how that experience turned out. But I, I smartly quit that, <laughs> quit pre-med after two years. But I did meet my wife in the first semester of the second year. So things worked out exactly as they should have uh, worked out. But when I quit that, I joined an MBA program at Christian Brothers University in Memphis. And, you know, yes, it was kind of a blessing. I, I didn't know I would ever be interested in doing such a thing. But a couple of years after I graduated from that program, they invited me back as an adjunct to teach the capstone for the program for the general MBA as well as for the healthcare MBA. And then I got to help build their first class, their first undergraduate class in entrepreneurship. Sorry, um, let me try that again. In uh, what was class in? It was entrepreneurial mindset for undergrads, uh, and so that was a really neat experience. And and I didn't think, I didn't know whether I would enjoy teaching or even be good at it. Turns out I enjoyed it quite a bit, <laughs> and that in fact, in the uh, two ish, I guess two plus years that that I had an opportunity to teach, that I ended up with the highest feedback scores from students of anybody in the faculty for the program. So that was pretty exciting. So who knows? Maybe that's in my future someday again. But about the time I started as the, my MBA, this is where my, my career took quite a turn also, is that I got involved as the co-founder and CEO of a startup, of a medical device startup. It was me and three neuroscience researchers. We ended up out licensing that technology to an international company. Nobody's going to make a bunch of money off of it, <laughs> but it's what we had to do at the time. And near the end of that, co-founded another medical device company and led that company as CEO. And uh, the nicest way of putting it was it was a shooting star. The two co-founders, here's half your equation, um, <laughs> couldn't get along or agree on the direction of the company. That's the way I'll phrase it. So we imploded that company. But we came out of the gate. When I say we were a shooting star, we came out of the gate with sales at Vanderbilt, Cleveland Clinic, Mass General, Johns Hopkins. If it was a luminary institution east of the Mississippi River, we were having some sort of conversation. But this inability to keep the train on the tracks caused us to lose all the investment from both venture capital firms. And I feel really fortunate because both of those firms then asked me to be the entrepreneur in residence for a medical device accelerator that they were backing companies in called Zero to 510, which was a, um, it was ranked in the top 25 seed accelerators in the country for several years. So I got to do that, got to help launch also the first logistics innovation accelerator that was backed by FedEx, helped get to, uh, I was at the starting part of launching another organization that has since sort of taken the entrepreneurial ecosystem lead in that area. And so out of that, then I spun out a medical device consulting firm called Medical Device Guru. I was helping out startups and entrepreneurs, right? But also investors and entrepreneur support organizations and got to do it all around the world. And uh, I was, every once in a while, I try to calculate how many folks I got to serve. And I figured out that over the period of a decade-ish with these different things that I got to do, that I've had the opportunity to mentor or coach or advise or consult with more than a thousand entrepreneurs wow. all over the world, which was, it's, it's kind of a cool number to, to work mm -hmm. with. But then something happened a few years ago. I got married. We had a baby. We had, we were living in Memphis and we were looking for somewhere else to move to. 
And as we looked around, we looked at places like Dallas very strongly, and but we kept realizing I had a football habit. We kept coming to Northwest Arkansas for Arkansas football games. And then after a while, after I started working my network up here and talking with people that I knew, I realized we had to be here and I talked my wife into it. <laughs> uh, and so we ended up, to make a short story long, we, made, we ended up landing in Northwest Arkansas and ended up in this role as an economic developer. And the cool part about this job is we were looking for somewhere that we would, could call home and never leave. And so now in this role, I get to do my tiny part, helping build a community where my son may leave one day, but he almost surely will come back where maybe he doesn't have to leave or decides not to leave because there's an abundance of opportunities. And that's not an opportunity I really had when I grew up in Arkansas before. So the whole world has changed and I'm glad to be here and part of it. Yeah, that's awesome. So I was going to kind of highlight about the different things you've done in your career and ask how you ended up at your current role at the chamber, but I think you answered that pretty well. (laughs) So I guess, will you give an overview of what you're doing in your current role and why you chose this as your next step in your career? Yeah, you bet. So, you know, economic development, uh, the part that I do is one small part of really a team effort. There's multiple organizations across the community that are involved in economic development. And so where I sit, I think of it through the lens of what can I do in my small part to help improve the economic well-being and quality of our community so that people have really have opportunities so that businesses can hire more people and that they can hire people into great jobs. And so that our economy grows even as quickly as it's growing, somehow does it in a stable and steady way and is sustainable. Like I said, I only do my, I have my tiny part and most of my work centers around either helping businesses that are already established here in the Bentonville area, helping them build and grow, helping folks who want to start businesses, start and build and grow and scale those businesses, and then helping other leaders who aren't currently present in the Bentonville area to decide whether they or their businesses should have uh, some sort of presence here. And what this looks like can range from simple touch points where I'm connecting folks to the people and resources they need to uh, work with. It can mean long-term mentoring or coaching of business leaders. It can look a lot like marketing. This podcast, for example, it looks like supporting the efforts of numerous organizations. Awesome. So I guess next, what are some of your goals for this year and what are you doing differently? Yeah. So this year, there's really a handful of goals that everything rolls up to. Number one is finding even more ways to share the stories of the businesses and leaders that are sparking the rise of Bentonville. That'll look a lot more like doing uh, some great things with this podcast and engaging this podcast in some different ways, some different mini series and the such. But it'll also involve overhauling our economic development website and giving more opportunities there. For example, blogs that are never written by me, but are (laughs) written by guests in the community. It'll include an economic development newsletter that will kick off. It may include some mini video series that I'm working with a a Thaden School student on uh, right now that may highlight some small businesses. As with the last couple of years, I also intend to speak with nearly 500 business leaders who don't have a presence here right now. That'll result in 20 to 30 businesses making some sort of decision to have a presence here, whether it's the CEO of the business or a small office or 
a full-blown headquarters. It'll also start the conversation for others that may result in something uh, later. And very, very importantly, working on figuring out how we can serve the businesses that are already here better. You know, it does no good to recruit businesses to the area if you're not taking care of the ones that are here. So how can we help them build, grow faster, stronger, better, more sustainably and helping them solve pressing challenges? For example, workforce attraction and retention and development. And finally, I'm also gearing up for what what do the next three years look like? There's so much more that we can do to help businesses and professionals build and grow here. And so as I think about raising funding for the next three years of economic development, I have some really big ideas that I can't talk about because I haven't tested yet. I haven't tested with folks, whether it's doing a mini test in the market or testing it with the market that's out there to speak with other business leaders and find out you know, whether it is something as well as, as with uh, funders. And so even also, I need to make sure that it fits within the new strategic plan that the, the chamber will roll out over the coming months. So there's a lot more, but these are the two or three or the three or four main things that I'm thinking about. And it boils down to how can the Greater Bentonville Area Chamber of Commerce and Bentonville Economic Development do our part to sustainably build our community and economy so that everybody has opportunities. And so, and also through the lens of making certain that everybody feels absolutely welcome here, that we, we really do achieve our mantra of you belong here, whether it's Bentonville, Northwest Arkansas. Very cool. So now I'm going to make you pick what's your favorite part of your job? <laughs> My favorite part of my job is helping people pursue their passions. It's making, doing my tiny part to make this the best place to live, work, and play on the planet. My favorite part of my job is doing everything I can to make this place a place where my family can be forever and where my son can come back to if he chooses to leave. That's very cool. So you're also involved in a lot of mentoring. What are a few lessons you've learned from those you've mentored and how have these opportunities strengthened your career? Knowing this question was going to come (laughs) up, I had to make myself a few notes to make sure I stayed on target. (laughs) One thing I've learned from uh, mentoring and coaching and advising, as I said, more than a thousand entrepreneurs is I cannot and should not define success for them. They have to define that themselves. The result is what I've decided over time is my goal isn't to help them be successful. I know that sounds weird, so follow me for a moment. My goal is to help them pursue their passions. It's to help them think through where they're going, how they're going to get there, and think through the answers they're looking for so that they know the questions to ask to get the answers that they need, and then to connect them with the people and resources to do that. And it doesn't mean connecting them with the 10 or 15 or 50 resources that could help them. It means looking into my network and around us and finding the one or two that can help them the most right now achieve the next milestone or solve the current problem or question they have in this instant. That may change next time, but it's helping them do that. The other thing I've learned is that as much as I want to help, (laughs) that there's no amount of mentoring that can help them learn what they're going to lose, learn through both their successes and their failures. And that my job then, especially with the failures, is to give them that little bit of a nudge sometimes that, you know, it's okay. I've been through this th- same thing. Mm-hmm. Talk about my failures very openly with them and help 
give them, I don't want to call it motivation, but, but help lift their chins up so that they can go try it again. And here's something I found. There's a lot of times folks quit at something perhaps a little too early. And what I've heard from some entrepreneurs is, gee, it really helped that I got nudged along because it turns out I found the success I was looking for pretty quickly after that. A lot of folks quit at that time. That is just before they can find the success. So we should always think through the lens of what if just a little bit more work will get me there to success because oftentimes it does. And so that's something I've learned from as well. That's a really cool perspective to have. I like that. Now let's kind of talk a little bit more about Bentonville. So first, what would you say to someone who wasn't familiar with Bentonville? Oh, this is one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> I would ask, first of all, what if I'd want to know about them and what their goals are, right? And uh, I'd sort of couch it in their perspective and what they need. But I would ask them this question, and that is, what if you could live in a place where the median income is $30,000 above the national median, but your cost of living is 5% below it? 5% below the national average. So you get to take more home, keep more, <laughs> right? Where there's amazing high quality jobs, where you're in a place of the small town feel, but that has global connections and unbelievable connections just a couple of steps away from you. You know, this is a place that punches above its body weight. And I'll show you how. Number one, we're the home of Fortune One. There are two other Fortune 500s at our doorstep, and they all grew up within this 15-mile stretch of each other. 400 of the Fortune 500 have some sort of presence here. There's 1,400 vendors to Walmart spread out across two counties. And they're the names we drive by, or the names that we see on the shelves. We get to drive by these logos every day. Procter & Gamble, J&J, &J, Crayola, Campbell's Soup, you name it, Clorox. Whatever those logos are, they're all over the place here. These are amazing companies to work for. And yet 90% of our businesses still have fewer than 100 employees. And we have a really robust startup ecosystem, one that's especially centered in, in four areas or our, our economy centered in these four areas. The first one is outdoor recreation. If you look at the a map of the U.S., two things stand out. It's the Rockies and did I go backwards here? It's <laughs> the Rockies and the Appalachians. But if you look in the middle of the country, you'll notice there's this bump. That's the Ozark Mountains. That's where we are. And so short of snow and ocean sports, we've got it all here. And I would venture to say that there are circumstances under which you could create those areas too. And so the area of outdoor recreation, this is a place in the middle of the country where people come to play. It's the mountain biking capital of the world, the home of the U.S. mountain bike team. And, and there's so much to do here that outdoor recreation companies come here and test with this fantastic audience of consumers and the ones who are coming here and, and have a great, you know, low cost doing business and so on. That there's also sort of our mainstay, right? If you're in the business of, of technologies and retail supply chain, logistics and corporate enablement, you'd be nuts not to be here. A lot of those technologies look as that, they look like the buzzwords we're hearing right now, artificial intelligence, machine learning and data science and so on. If you're in the space of mobility, whether it's a bike ranging up to, say, flying cars and air taxis and everything in between to include drones and autonomous vehicles, this is a place for you. The space of wellness and healthcare and whole health, med tech, health tech, and emerging space and biotech. There's so much opportunity here. 
and I didn't even mention quality of life. Although I might have touched on it with the uh, outdoor rec piece. I would challenge anybody to be our quality of life. We'll just leave that one as icing on the cake. And if you want to know more about it, call me. <laughs> That's awesome. I guess next, what advice or opportunities would you like to highlight about Bentonville to the audience that many people may not know about? Yeah, there's two sectors I'd like to highlight. I, I mentioned uh, four sectors. The first one, awesome, will come up here again in a moment, but uh, you'll understand the area of wellness and health technologies. That's med tech, health tech. Increasingly, it will be biotech, biotech, but anything in the space of whole health. You know, we're the home to Walmart, which is standing up thousands of clinics across the country to deliver affordable, accessible, convenient health care to many people who have not had that sort of access before. But we are also the home of Alice Walton's Whole Health Institute, which is focused on delivering wellness to every person everywhere and really creating, displacing the sick care system, if you will, with a well care system. Why shouldn't we just be healthy to begin with? We just broke ground last week on the Alice Walton School of Medicine. And for the quick thinkers out there, that sounds like the acronym might be awesome. It's because the Alice Walton School of Medicine is awesome. That is exactly what the acronym is. And, you know, this is perhaps the first medical school in the world focused on whole health. So we're creating MDs who are focused on keeping people healthy to begin with. The University of Arkansas has a new biodesign program you're quite familiar with. That's one that's rooted in Stanford's biodesign program. That's the gold standard. We have accelerators and venture capitalists here like, uh, you know, we have Health Tech Arkansas, Fuel Health Tech, Symbiosis, and others who are investing their time and money to build that ecosystem. The list goes on. Area mobility, we are home every other year to the UP Summit, which rotates between the Dallas area and the uh, Benton, and Bentonville each year. The UP Summit is a gathering of 250 of the brightest thinkers in the space of mobility. We're talking, you know, Alaska Airlines and Boeing are, are here. And then you have a whole bunch of uh, startups like uh, Air and some others who are doing flying cars and things like electric airplanes. In the Bentonville area, we have two airports. One, of course, is the National Airport, uh, XNA. But we also have Bentonville's Municipal Airport, Thaden Field. And it's not me calling it cool. Flying <laughs> Magazine last year called it the coolest airport in America. And it's because you not only have a flight school and a flying club that are accessible to the people, but one of their neighbors is Game Composites, which is building aerobatic carbon fiber planes. But you're as likely to see general aviation aircraft there as you are to see old warbirds and electric aircraft and other experimental aircraft, which is really cool. So Fly Magazine's right. It's just plain cool. <laughs> uh, the state of Arkansas just dropped its first-in-kind comprehensive plan to make the state the leader in the future of mobility. To say state of Arkansas or University of Arkansas? It's the state of Arkansas <laughs> because the next part is the University of Arkansas is about to drop its plan soon to make the University of Arkansas the uh, preeminent university in mobility. I can imagine a world where Bentonville has a part of that. Drone up and Zipline have been delivering here for a couple of years. Gaddock and Walmart have been running autonomous trucks here without safety drivers for several years, a world first. So there's so much more going on there, but that's just two of the sectors we're working in that I'm excited about. Yeah, that's super exciting. Guess a little more about the future. What are you most excited for specifically in the next few months and then the next year and maybe next five years? Well, that, that's a big question. <laughs> so I think the important thing to 
to note here is that Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas have so much going on and so much that we can't even talk about yet or that we may not even know is going to happen yet. Uh, what I'd rather talk about is my hope for who we are. And that's two things. Uh, number one, that we continue to be and are even more a place where everybody belongs, where everybody wants to be here. Everybody absolutely has, absolutely has opportunities and you know, we're living the life. You belong here. One of my favorite pieces of public art around here is on the momentary. It's the neon sign that says you belong here. The second one is I want Bentonville to be the best version of itself. I don't want to be the next version of, or I don't want to be us to be the next Austin or the next Silicon Valley or the next Nashville. We need to focus on being the next best version of ourselves today and tomorrow and the next day. And if we do that, everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. Very cool. So you always ask your guests on the podcast for a hashtag because <laughs> Bentonville moment. So what is your most recent one of these and or one that you've never shared on the podcast? Oh gosh. One I've never shared on the podcast. One of my favorite hashtag because Bentonville moments didn't happen here. It happened in Silicon Valley. I'm sitting at the a table at an event with some startup founders and some venture capitalists and we're all talking about who are we, what do we do, where are we from, what are we up to, that sort of thing. And when the circle came around to me, I started talking about Bentonville, but I didn't name Bentonville. And then I said where I was from. And the guy immediately to my right was a venture capitalist. And he pulls out his phone. He says, you're not going to believe this. He goes, I was sitting here listening to you. And I'm going, I, I know that place. I've never been to that place. He's like, I, that sounds familiar. It sounds very, and he pulls out his phone and he shows me a converse, an ongoing conversation with his partner about this place, Bentonville, Arkansas, that they need to check out. <laughs> One of the other folks at the table says, he's from the Netherlands. And he goes, oh, you have that great coffee shop there. <laughs> I was a little confused for a moment. And then he said, Onyx. I went, oh, yeah, of course we have that great. We have a lot of great craft coffee shops. But he says, you have that famous coffee place. <laughs> And so naturally, I'm like, oh, so you've been to Bentonville? He said, no, I've never been there. He <laughs> said, I, I had Onyx Coffee in Amsterdam, and I had it in Portland. And so, you know, here's our sweet little coffee shop that people know all over the world. Uh, and then somebody from Southern Colorado said something that sort of floored me. They said, yeah, I'm getting ready to come out there to mountain bike. That's pretty cool. Think about that <laughs> one a moment. And so to me, it was an eye-opening experience that here there were people all across the country and the world that were sitting at this table. And most of the folks at the table already knew Bentonville and none of them said, I know Bentonville because of Walmart. That's pretty cool. You know, our little mm -hmm. Fortune One company. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Speaking of Bentonville, here is a quick little surprise for you. So you are now entering a quick game of Bentonville trivia thanks to the Bentonville oh. History Museum <laughs> oh, in celebration no. of the city's 150th anniversary. So good luck and we'll get started now. I will need a lot of luck. I've been here two years. That's my disclosure. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So here's your first question that you might get. What year was Bentonville incorporated as a town? I just knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> um, well, my best math says that if this is the 150th year now we get to see how good my math is. Let's see, what, what year are we in? 2023 minus 100. Y'all help me out out there. 1923 minus 50. Does that 
1875 or I'm off? 1865. 1873. 73. Close enough. <laughs> okay. I shouldn't try math tomorrow. Yeah, I was. Oh, yeah. I forgot to. Anyway. Yeah. Next. Close enough. All right. So next we have in the 1970 U.S. census count, what was Bentonville's population? 1970? Yes. Oh, gosh. In 2020, we had about 10,000-ish people. Um, I don't know. 4,000. Pretty close, 5,508. Wow. So next, what is Bentonville's population from the 2020 U.S. Census count to show the difference? 54,164. You got that on the dot. (laughs) Yay, an answer I know. (laughs) Yes. All right. Did you know Bentonville is a certified better city for pets? I think I've heard that, but that's pretty cool. What year did we open our first dog park? Oh, I have no idea. (laughs) Um, Let's see. I'm guessing... 1992. 2009. Oh, I started to go to 2000s. <laughs> we all know where East Central Avenue is, but do you know what the street was first named? I don't have this. Orchard Avenue. Spring Street. Oh. I didn't know that one. Well, actually, I probably didn't know most of these. Next question. What was Bentonville's first ordinance? Something to protect apple orchards. Disturbing the peace. Oh, or that. <laughs> Along that lines, what fruit was Arkansas known for as a prime producer of? It's almost like the last <laughs> answer was ready. Apples. Yes. Um, which type of apple originated from Bentonville? Is it black Arkansas apples, something Arkansas like that? Arkansas black apple. Oh, cool. Okay. Got that one. Which Bentonville native set the women's altitude record, solo endurance record, and speed record in the late 1920s? Louise Thaden. Got it. What rail line ran from Missouri to Fayetteville and eventually extended a branch to Bentonville after leading citizens paid to have it stop here? I have no idea. But I know this one. The, the Union Frisco. Pacific. Oh, the Frisco. Yes, of course. Sure. Well, that was fun. Good job. I'm sure you learned a few new Bentonville facts. And thank you again to the Bentonville History Museum for these questions. Now we just have a few more questions left for you. So what are some future ideas you have for the podcast, whether that be who you want to have on, content you want to cover, or people you want to reach? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Um, Well, I have a few guests on my wish list. The big goals, give me Tom Stewart or Alice Walton. (laughs) I would love to talk to them about outdoor recreation, about aviation, arts, culture, whole health. But I'd love to talk with them about how we're changing the world and why we're doing it and what that means for Bentonville and our people. From a content perspective, all of those topics and a lot more. But I wrote down three that I think the audience should watch for over the next couple of months, three, three series and, and episodes. One is a special uh, series on the third cohort of the Greenhouse Outdoor Recreation Program. Another one's the uh, special series on the inaugural cohort of FemHealth founders. And the last one's going to be really neat. It's going to be an episode on uh, Minority Mountain Bike Week, which will be, I believe this is going to be the third year that it happens here. Maybe it's the second. Very cool. On that topic, if someone wants to connect and learn more about you or your role at the chamber, how do they do that? Yeah, that's very simple. Email me at letter J, Bell, B-E-L-L at greaterbentonville.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find Bentonville Economic Development on, on LinkedIn. If you know me personally, you can find me on Facebook and I do a little bit in the Twitterverse, but not much. Bentonville Economic Development is on all the social media, whether it's LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Awesome. Now for a few more fun questions just before we end. 
So what is one thing that people are generally surprised to find out about you? A lot of people know this, but many don't. I'm a certified barbecue judge. Oh, that's very cool. If you had to switch the sound of your voice to that of an animal, what would it be and why? I once had a talking dog named Bailey. (laughs) Anybody who's closest to me over the last 20 years uh, knows this. So I would definitely switch my, um, my voice to that of a dog to help advocate on behalf of dogs. Maybe not in the way you're thinking, but I mean, things like, I command your food to enter my mouth. I command <laughs> your food. That, that's what would be channeled. Dogs are really incredible animals and we humans don't deserve them at all. And I, I'm happy to have had the opportunity to have had at my side for almost 16 years my most recent dog, Bailey. And yes, he was a talking dog. (laughs) Very funny. So what is a restaurant you would recommend to someone every time? (laughs) One? one. (laughs) That is unfair. I'm going to name several. Uh, Phenomenal food, atmosphere, experience, preacher son. Can't beat that. I've also heard conifer, which I haven't tried out yet. Chill night out. Tuscan trotter. Also love yayos. Also love table mesa. Table on six is perhaps underappreciated for ice cream. Uh, I indulge in all the ice cream places around here, but uh, two I'm probably most at uh, with my son at Smart Cafe. Sometimes we do trash creamery and yeah, I'll, I'll just stop there. I'm starving now. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm hungry too. Last question. What is something I should have asked you that I did not? I think we've covered all the bases, but I'm going to ask you a question. What's been the most interesting thing that you've experienced so far as an intern for Bentonville Economic Development? Ooh, good question. I'd say probably two things come up for me first. Um, Number one, all of the connections that I've gotten through you and all the people I've got to meet and different things I've gotten to hear about. That's been really cool for me and I've enjoyed it also. Then the second is doing this podcast and then the next one I'm going to do. That's been something really cool that I never imagined myself doing. Excellent. Well, I'll tell you, it's been your, your work and uh, the, the stellar work that you've done that's given me the, that, that, that told me that you could do this podcast. Uh, you, you gave me trust that you could do it and that you would do a great job and you have. Well, thank you. James, thank you so much for giving up your host seat to me today. Thank you. To learn more about you. Um, I really enjoyed this opportunity. And thank you also to our Bentonville Beacon audience. Without you, this show would not be possible. If you'd like, take a moment to share the Bentonville Beacon on social media or however you'd like with your friends and colleagues around the world. Also, keep coming back to learn more about Bentonville leaders and their businesses and more about Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. For all of our episodes, check them out on bentonvillebeacon.com or major podcast players, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon podcast. We hope to see you next week.